بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم لا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله على سيدنا محمد وعلى الطيبين الطاهرين I am sorry that I am not with you uh, today but uh, alhamdulillah that now we have this uh, opportunity to continue our discussion uh, as you remember we were discussing different aspects of Islamic theory of ethics and last week we talked about the way the late Alana Muzaffar has described the relation between actions and moral status and we said that you know some actions are complete cause or for moral status or moral judgment and this is when we have necessary relation there can be no change like goodness for justice or badness for injustice for zulm some are not complete they are incomplete cause al tamma because they are just muqtada they uh, entitled they tend to be what is the normal or ordinary moral ruling but sometimes there can be another factor which comes and changes the balance the overall balance can change like telling the truth which is not complete cause for goodness but if there is no obstacle it has this uh, capacity that it would be good but if something can come and overweigh or override then the overall balance can change so for example if by telling truth an innocent life will be put into risk into danger then telling truth is no longer good and sometimes we said there are actions which by themselves are not implying any moral judgment like drinking like walking like speaking like sleeping it is actually that external element which comes and gives a moral ruling so if for example this speaking is for a good purpose then it becomes morally good if it is harmful it becomes morally bad okay this is what we discussed alhamdulillah in details in the last session another aspect of islamic theory of ethics that we want to discuss today is about the role of intention when it comes to this is a very important point you know please uh, take this uh, with you know full attention when it comes to faculties to the qualities of the soul there is no a space no place for intention what what do i mean and this, maybe this is the point that you don't find it you know emphasized in western ethics and even maybe in islamic ethics you know maybe not many people have uh, highlighted this point but i think this will be a fair understanding when for example we talk about generosity generosity is a quality which is virtuous and this by itself is good we don't ask what is the intention because it's a quality intentions apply to actions intention is something that can make an action very good or very bad 
For example, giving sadaqah, giving charity is an action. If you have a good intention, it can be a good action. If you have the intention of showing off, then it can be a bad action. So the same actions, the same physical action of taking money from my pocket and giving to a poor person can be morally good or bad depending on my action, my sorry, intention. But when it comes to quality, like generosity, here we don't have any role for intention. Generosity as a quality is virtuous. It's a virtuous quality and no matter who has this, if a good person or bad person, if a believer or a person who is not a believer have this quality of generosity, it is good. Yes, we can go back prior to the state of becoming generous when a person is trying to become generous. Then we can say, what is his intention? Is he trying to become generous for a good reason or he is trying to become a generous person for bad reason? Okay, there there is a role for intention. But if a person is generous, if a person is, I don't know, kind, if a person is wise, if a person is brave, if a person is modest, or opposite to these qualities. For example, if a person is selfish, a person is fearful, a person is miserly, we don't talk about intention when it comes to these qualities. Okay, this is one important point. The other important point is about actions. In Islamic theory of ethics, we need both act and intention to be good. We need both of them. If you want to use Quranic terminology, when we say Amal Saleh, Amal Saleh is when you have good action from a good agent. And inshallah, I will talk later about what makes an agent a good agent. Part of it is the agent must have good intention. Uh, in Islamic theory of ethics, for us, just intention is not the only thing we care about when we talk about the agent. In some theory, like for example, in the Kantian ethics, intention is the most important thing or maybe the only important thing. And they don't ask, talk about the action itself that much or about other aspects of the agent. For example, whether the knowledge, the understanding of the person with the same intention can make it a better action compared to the person who has the same intention but with lower level of understanding. They don't discuss these issues. But in Islamic theory of ethics, we say two people, for example, who give charity, and the intention is the same, intention is good, but depending on how much they have ma'rifah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, how much they are sincere, how much they are uh, obedient to Allah, the value of action can be very much different. A person can give one pound charity with good intention, and this one pound charity can take him to heaven. A person can give one pound charity with good intention, but this doesn't even take him one meter you know, high. Although it's good, but maybe just half a meter. So it's very important to note that for us, there are many different aspects of the agent which are very important. And inshallah, we'll talk about it gradually. 
But for the time being, we need two things for Amal Saleh. One is the goodness of the action and the other is the goodness of the agent. And in the first place, now we want to talk about good intention of the agent. So, if I give a poisoned water to someone, unknowingly, my intention is good. I want to help him. He's thirsty. I want to give him water. But unknowingly, I am giving him a water which is either poisoned or is, you know, polluted. So, can be this amal saleh My intention is good. No, this is not amal saleh Although your intention is good, but because the action is not good, the action is not bringing any goodness, this is not amal saleh Or, for example, I see a person is ill. Then I prescribe something. I say, you know, take this medicine or you know take this food my intention is to help him but i am not a doctor i'm not experienced i'm not qualified maybe i'm harming him by this this is not amal saleh although your intention can be very good amal saleh is when the action itself is good and also the intention is good so if i give someone the best medicine but my intention is not good this is not also amal saleh Maybe he can benefit from that medicine, but I am not benefiting from this as Amal Saleh because my intention was not good, although the action was good. So, to have Amal Saleh, to have a righteous deed, or if you want to use ethical uh, language, to have a right action or an action which is morally good, we need to have good action and good intention i mean by good action either something which is the complete cause for goodness or it is incomplete cause but there is no obstacle so it leads to the moral status or it is neutral like speaking and drinking but something good has applied to it for example it is for the saving of your health then that walking is good or is for saving your life, then that drinking is good. So, in any of these three possibilities, the action becomes good, and then you have good intention, so the re result is that you would have a good action, a morally good action. You would have amal saleh So, not only the act has to be good, also the intention is very important. There is a beautiful hadith that uh, I would like to share with you. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in a very well-known hadith said Actions are judged according to the intentions. You can translate this hadith in different ways but one way is in the, this way. Means actions are judged, are taken into consideration based on the intentions. We cannot just look at what people do and say this is good or bad. Two people may do exactly the same thing, but one can be amal saleh and one can be something which is not amal saleh, can be amal sayyid. 
two people can be fighting. One is a mujahid, a, another person can be an, a murderer. It's not that everyone who takes sword or everyone who is, you know, taking weapon is a good person or is a bad person. It's not that everyone who is building, for example, a, a school or a mosque is a good person or a bad person. We cannot just look at the physics of the action and judge. We have also to consider the intention of that person. And because we human beings are not very much sure about the intention of people, so we have to be very careful in our judgment. You cannot rush in judging that this person had bad intention or say he had good intention. Inshallah, there is good intention, but sometimes we have evidence that it's not perhaps good intention or perhaps it was a good intention. There can be some evidence, but we have to be very careful. We shouldn't be judgmental. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows best. So what is important is that the action, the physics of the action, the harm or interest that the action produces has to be taken into account, but also the intention. And Islamically, we believe that actually the intention also can affect the outcome. If a person gives sadaqah with good intention, and if a person gives the same amount of sadaqah with bad intention, we believe that the impact, the outcome in the society also varies. If someone for the sake of God, for the sake of good reason, teaches people, educates people, and if someone does this for bad reason, even the way these two actions combat ignorance would be different. Good intention can multiply the good outcome of the action. But definitely the intention is something which has to be taken into account and many moral you know scholars many ethical scholars especially those who believe in deontology view, they accept this and actually they emphasize on this but uh, sometimes they don't unfortunately strike a balance we share with them we share with Kant this emphasis on intention but also we share with the theological view our emphasis on the action and what it produces. So, intention is very important. In the same hadith, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, after saying, he said, for every person would be what he had intention for or she had intention for. What does it mean? It means that based on your intention, you would be rewarded. You would be either given reward or punished. Intention is very important. Inshallah, we'll talk more about this. Even sometimes you can be in a position that you have good intention, but you cannot do anything. Even for this good intention, which has not been implemented, you would be rewarded, as Inshallah, we'll discuss. For every person, what he has intention for would be counted, would be registered, would be considered. If someone migrates, you know, one of the 
very difficult things that you can do in your life is hijrah. When you uh, migrate from your land, from your hometown, homeland to another place. It's very difficult. You know, a place that you have been uh, very familiar, you have grown up there, you have been brought up there, you are used to everything. It's very difficult. You know, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam very much loved Mecca. For him, leaving Mecca was very painful. But when this is what is pleasing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, when this is what you know suits my religion, when this is what suits my family, when this is what suits human you know, uh, society, my community. So if there is good intention, then inshallah this will be considered as hijrah. So if someone is going to a new place and settles there in order to get closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the Prophet, so his hijrah, his migration is really towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the Prophet. من كانت هجرته إلى الله ورسوله فهجرته إلى الله ورسوله. If his intention is go to go closer to Allah and the Prophet, he goes, for example, from Mecca to Medina to be with the Prophet in order to be really with him. Okay, so he has really migrated towards Allah and the Prophet. ومن كانت هجرته إلى الدنيا يصيبها أبمرأة يتزوجها but if someone makes the same travel, the same distance, he goes from Mecca, for example, to Medina, but not in order to please Allah, not in order to get closer to Rasulullah. He wants to gain something worldly. For example, he knows that if he travels, maybe there is some booty of war, maybe there is some money distributed, maybe he can have a powerful position, I don't know, some, I don't know, fame, whatever. Or, for example, there is a woman that he wants to marry and he's getting there in order to get closer to that woman. So, then, the hijra is towards that dunya. The hijra is towards that woman. So, you cannot look at people and say, okay, because they have traveled from Mecca to Medina, so they are all muhajir ilallah. No. Some of those people that after Rasulullah went to Medina, they left Mecca and went to Medina, they went for good reason that some of them had maybe intention of dunya, one branch of dunya. So we cannot judge by looking at the physics of the action. وَمَنْ كَانَتْ هِجْرَتُهُ إِلَىٰ دُنْيَا يُصِيبُهَا so his hijrah is towards what was in his intention, not towards Allah and Rasul. You know, in one of the battles in early Islam, a Muslim soldier was killed. And people, you know, thought that he's a martyr, he's a shaheed, because he was killed in the battle. But then they were informed that, no, he's not a shaheed. In order other people get lesson, it was told that actually the reason he was killed because he wanted to go and take a donkey that belonged to one of the enemies. So in order to go and get that donkey, he, wears he went towards enemies and then he got killed. So he is... Not a shaheed fi sabi He was not someone who was killed for the sake of God. 
He was known as Shahid al-Hamar. He's a person who is killed for the sake of a donkey. So he's not a person who is really a martyr. So we have to be careful. Sometimes we do lots of things. Sometimes we maybe exhaust ourselves. We tire ourselves. But without making sure what is our intention. And then we are not gaining anything because we didn't have good intention. Or maybe sometimes we would be even blamed or punished because we had bad intention or we had no intention so we have to be very careful so this is one hadith there is also a hadith from Amirul Mu'minin alayhi salam which says amal. intention is the basis is the foundation of action intention is not something separate from action because as I said, Amal Saleh has two foundations. Or you can say it has one foundation and one construction upon that foundation. The foundation is Niyyah. And then what you build upon that good intention, that strong and firm foundation is a good action. Both have to be together so that you have Amal Saleh. So in Islamic theory of ethics, in order to say an action is morally good or morally right or we ought to do it, we have obligation to do it, we need to make sure that the intention is good and the action also is uh, good by producing good results. Okay, now there are a few points about intention that we need to make. One point is that if someone has good intention, but he is not able to implement. For example, I move from my home to masjid in order to say my prayer in Jama'ah. But when I go there, I see that, unfortunately, Imam was not feeling well and he couldn't come for Jama'ah, so we don't have Jama'ah. And there is no one also to lead Jama'ah. Because my intention was good, Islamically, this is not wasted. You cannot say, because you couldn't say your prayer in Jama'ah, so you have done nothing. You are equal to the person who didn't, you know, actually come out of his house. You are the same. No, Islamically, you are not the same. Your intention makes you different. If you have a good in intention and you are not able to do it, you are better than yourself without that good intention or better someone else who lacks that good intention. Although in both cases there is no action, but the good intention makes the person better. This is a very important point. What about bad intention? Morally, from a spiritual point of view, the same is true about bad intention. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, out of his mercy, his rahmah, rewards us for good intention but doesn't punish us for bad intention which has not been implemented. Of course, this is the principle. There can be exceptions, but normally this is the ruling. So, if a person 
makes the intention of going, for example, to a sinful gathering. He leaves his house, but he cannot reach the gathering or the gathering doesn't take place. From a moral point of view, from a spiritual point of view, that bad intention is destructive. It's causing some darkness. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would not punish because the actual sin didn't take place. He was fortunate that the sin didn't take place. But when it comes to good intention, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala rewards for the good intention even if it was not implemented. From moral and spiritual point of view, as I said, good intention and bad intention both have impact on our soul. But from a legal point of view, from a fiqh point of view, Allah out of his mercy rewards us for good intention but doesn't punish us for bad intention. This is most of the time. So this is one point. The second point is that when the intention is good, the scope of intention can also increase the goodness of intention. And when the intention is bad, also the scope of the intention can increase the harm, a spiritual harm. For example, I have the intention of helping one person with his, I don't know, education, with his, I don't know, family issues, with his health, with money, whatever. My intention is to help one person. And I'm able to do it. Okay, this is, alhamdulillah, I have been able to do it. I have intention of helping one person and I'm not able to do it because I don't have the resources I, or I don't find that person or that person is not now in need. My intention is to help, but he said, I don't need. Okay, so I had an intention which was not implemented. Again, this is good. Allah will reward me for this good intention. But what if I have intention of helping two people and I'm not able to help them? Does this make a difference? I'm not able to help anyone, but my intention is either for one person or two persons. Does this make a difference? If I was able to help them actually, of course, if I help two people it would be better than helping one person. So the reward would increase. But what about intention? I have intention of helping one person and I'm not able to do it. Or I have intention of helping 10 people and I'm not able to do it. It seems clear that even if you are not able to do anything, just the fact that your intention is to help more people would add to your reward. It's very important. So, not only it's important to have good intention, whether you can do it or not, it's also very important to widen your intention. Don't restrict your intention. Let only, let only the physical limitations, the word limitations restrict your action. But don't let them restrict your intention. How many people I can feed? How many people I can teach? How many people I can help? 
In dunya, we have restrictions. <coughs> Maybe I don't have that much money that I need. Maybe I don't have that much knowledge that, or I don't have that much time. Or people don't come to me. Okay, there can be restrictions. But I shouldn't let these limitations and restrictions affect my intention. Because my intention is what Allah has given me full control over it. It's up to me to have intention of helping one person or 10 people or millions of people or all humanity today or also in future. We can have many, many different scenarios. Why we don't make our intention to help everyone and not only just today in future. I want to feed all hungry people. I should be wanting to educate all ignorant people in the East, in the West, in the North, in the South, today, tomorrow, up to the end of this world. There is no limitation here. And then this can not only increase our reward, but it has great spiritual impact because this is widening your soul. This is making your heart larger and larger. This makes you closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has unlimited mercy and in this way you can at least resemble Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in your intention by having no limit in your intention. We cannot resemble him in our action because our action is limited. But why we cannot have intention which is universal, which includes everyone, not only human beings, animals, plants, everything. This is a very beautiful aspect of Islamic theory of ethics that we need to remember and we need to benefit from. In one of the du'as we say to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Waffer niyyati. O Allah, with your grace, grow my intention. Our intention can grow. Our intention can include everything. You can have an intention as little as one person. You can have intention of just helping yourself and your family. You can have intention of helping your friends and family. You can have an intention of helping your community. You can have intention of helping all people, all creation. And you can have intention of helping all creation for all generations, all ages to come. So let us increase our intention. And then you would see that our outlook to dunya would change. Maybe physically I'm not doing anything, but my outlook is changing. It's making me a different person. But something to remember. Who can honestly have such extended intention? This is very important. The only people who are able to have such extended intention are those who would exhaust their power in doing as much they could. If I can feed 10 people and I feed 9 people, how can I say my intention is to feed millions of people? You are not even doing the last person that you can do. If my intention is to help all humanity, I should prove this by helping those that I can.
So you see, one person is feeding nine persons. Okay, so he gets reward for nine hasad. Another person is feeding 10 people and his intention was only to feed 10 people because this is the only thing that he can do. So the reward is for 10 people. But then there is another person who feeds 10 people but his intention is to feed millions of people but he cannot do it. The reward for this person is then not imaginable. So it's a very clever way of doing business with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, our business can be very, very successful. So, you should never imagine the success of people. How much, you know, profit they make in their business with Allah by just looking at what they do. It's very much based on what is their intention, what is their understanding, what is their ma'rifah. So, two people may do the same thing, but their intention can be very much different. Even if the intention is good, depending on the scope of the intention. There are also a few other points that, inshallah, we will talk about them in the next session about, for example, the role of ma'rifah. And also, inshallah, we will talk about the fact that if someone wants to have a good intention, should it be only to please Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so that it would be only limited to mu'maneen? Or there is a possibility that, for example, a person who doesn't believe Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala but still has a good intention. For example, he honestly wants to help poor people. He honestly wants to treat ill people. Is it also considered as a good action? Is this morally good? A person who doesn't believe in God but has good intention or it has to be only for the sake of God. Or even among the believers, if, for example, a mother feeds her baby and looks, at the baby, looks after the baby, as a mother, is this good or has to be only for the sake of God? Of course, we don't have doubt that if it is for the sake of God, it's qurbatan illallah, it's very, very valuable. But does it mean that anything other than that would be useless or no? Islamically, even good actions with sincere intention of people who are not believers like Hatan Ta'i for example or for example believers who believe in God but maybe for some of their actions they don't have actual niya of orba but they do it because they find it good are these also morally uh, in Islam acceptable and appreciated or not inshallah we will talk about this in the next session inshallah which will be inshallah in the next semester uh, I just want to add in one point and we leave the rest, inshallah, for the next session. When we say that Allah rewards us for good intention, even if we are not able to implement, you have to consider two things. This doesn't mean that the reward would be the same as the person who has actually done the action. For example, I have... The niyyah of going for Salatul Jama'ah. But I am ill, I cannot go. Or there is no Salatul Jama'ah, there is no one to say my Salat. Okay, inshallah Allah will reward me for this good intention. 
but would my in, uh, my reward be the same as the person who had this good uh, intention and actually does the action? The answer seems to be not necessarily. There is a still something in the action. Although, for intention, even if it's unlimited, you will be rewarded. But still, if on top of good intention, you are able to do the action, it seems to be increasing your reward. At least I can say in this way. Of course, this is my humble opinion, maybe not necessarily uh, accepted by others, but normally I haven't seen this that much discussed by others to, to see what, you know, what is the opinion of others, but I don't see why you know they shouldn't accept. But just to do ihtiyat, I say uh, this is my opinion and maybe not necessarily accepted or necessarily true. My opinion is this, that if someone has good intention, he would be given reward. So this intention is re registered as hasan. But if he has intention and actually manages to do it, then his reward is not just one, at least ten. The one who actually brings the hasana, he would be rewarded ten times. This is the minimum. The minimum multiplied reward for good action is ten. Sometimes there are much more. In one of the papers in the series on uh, understanding God's mercy and message of Thakalain, we talked about this. Inshallah, you can refer to that. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sometimes may reward 10,000 times more. Sometimes may reward, you know, uh, 30,000 times more. They can be different. Sometimes can be rewarded without measure. But the minimum is, man bil hasana falahu ashru amthala. Man illa The one who brings the bad action, he would be punished only once. One for one. But for good action, at least ten times more. Okay, this is for the one who can do the action. Maybe if someone has niyyah and not the action, he would be only rewarded once. Maybe. Because it says man ja'a bil hasana. doesn't say man nava al hasana. Yes, if you make niyyah, you will be rewarded. Your niyyah was to, for example, go for Salatul Jama'ah, okay, you will be given sawab of Salatul Jama'ah. But if you actually go and do Salatul Jama'ah, you will be rewarded 10 times, 10 Salatul Jama'ah. So this is one way of explaining the difference between the person who does the action and the person who just intends but is not able. Another thing is that, this is a very important point and Please think about it and inshallah we can discuss this, you know, if needed in the next session. We have two aspects in every action. One is reward or punishment. The second is the spiritual impact. For example, if there is a good action, one is thawab or reward, one is light that it brings. The light 
that it brings can be different. The way it helps my soul, prepares my soul, polishes my soul can be different when we compare action to action plus, sorry, when we compare intention to intention plus action. For example, I have intention of reading Quran. I want to recite Quran. But just when I want to start reciting the Quran, a guest comes to my home. Okay, I have to be respectful to my guest. So I have the intention, but I'm not able to recite because now I have something else to do. Or I want to, for example, go for a'mal of Laylatul Qad to Masjid, but we have an ill person that I have to look after. Okay. I will be rewarded, inshallah, for a'mal of Laylatul Qad or for recitation of the Quran, even if I am not able to do it because I have intention and Allah knows that I really wanted to do this, but I couldn't. Okay, I will be given the reward. But this doesn't necessarily mean, I am saying doesn't necessarily mean, this doesn't necessarily mean that my soul would benefit from this intention equal to the time that I was able to go and attend that Laylatul Qadr program or recite the Quran. Sawabi is there, of course, with the first point which I said that maybe it's not multiplied. But even if Sawabi is there, the thing is that the impact is different. And this is why, you know, uh, sometimes I say to volunteers who help, for example, in months of Muharram, in months of Ramadan, there are volunteers who help. For example, they stay all the night outside to help traffic. They help the drivers, you know, to have no problem in getting into the center or going out of the center or, you know, for example, other things. But they are not listening to any lecture. They are not, you know, attending any a'mal. They are not, uh, you know, able to do salatul jama'ah. Okay, maybe Allah will reward them, inshallah, because they are sincere, they are helping. For sure, they are doing hasana. And maybe the reward is the same as those who go there. Maybe it's more. I don't know. Maybe it's more because they are losing more. Those people are in comfortable place. These people are in cold place. Okay, I am not judging about their reward. Allah knows better and there are many factors. But what I am saying is that are they also learning they are not listening to the lecture, so they are not learning anything new. Are they also, you know, able to do that istighfar that is being done in the majlis? Crying, all those things, those spiritual things. We shouldn't be only concerned with the reward. And this is why, you know, I sometimes advise that these people should rotate. They should change their shifts. They are getting, mashallah, lots of reward. Definitely everyone has to appreciate what they do, but also... We shouldn't let them, you know, be uh, deprived from all the benefits that doing those things, spiritual things, can have. So, I wanted to just bring this to your attention to open up the discussion so that you can think, inshallah, we can discuss this later, that we have to distinguish between reward, between ajr, 
and the light which comes with the action with the spiritual impact that the action has they are very much related to each other but they are not equal they are not necessarily always uh, resembling each other in quantity we have to be careful so maybe thawab is there but the knowledge the light the purity is not the same allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also in the quran talks about the mu'minin who do amal salih and allah says that they have ajruhum wa nuruhum so there is reward there is also light and these two come together but not necessarily in the same way and in the same quantity we ask allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to enable us to inshallah be always doing righteous deeds and to have inshallah very expanded and extended inshallah intention for doing good and be inshallah the channels for the mercy of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to all creation of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in all generation inshallah thank you very much for your attention and i can stop here if there are questions that i can hear so i can take maybe two three questions otherwise if you cannot uh, use uh, the microphone that i can hear we can stop here please <coughs> Uh, Sheikh, I had one question regarding the lesson. Only one uh, question? Yeah, you know, uh, people, uh, people always make intention. Yes. Yeah, without any doubt. Uh, but then you have some people that always make intention, they never do the action. They say, Inshallah next time. Inshallah next time. Yes. Well, um, what, so what does Islam say? Because they've made intention. They don't always mm. get the swab, Inshallah. One day, when they do decide to go, they'll go. But what happens with such people? Can you can you say that? And... Mm. Yeah, uh, you know, as I said, this has to be sincere. I make the intention and I want to do it. I go from home to masjid. There is no salat or jamaah. Okay, what else I could do? But if I just say, you know, I want to go, but I'm not moving, this is not helpful. So what I was saying was that. For the people who have good intention, but either resources or you know situation in the world, in the society, health doesn't think don't you know help, then for such people intention is rewarded. But if someone says you know I have intention, but he doesn't do anything and doesn't make any effort, so he has no intention. This is just a wish. There is a difference between intention and just having a good wish everyone said you know i wish i become an island but this is not intention intention is you study hard you make efforts then if for example a school is closed if there is no island there is no teacher because you have done your best inshallah you will be rewarded but if someone just wishes and doesn't do anything this is not intention Thank you, Shaykh. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. Shaykh, um, Shaykh Will this be available on the Islamic college uh, website? Is not this today? Yes, inshallah. So the previous previous ones are already there, and this and this one also, inshallah, will be put there soon.
احسنتم Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Inshallah, remember us your dua, Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.